all the movies, all those comics, all the games, all those toys, all the TV, the animation. Just give us, just give us one hour and 45 minutes and we will give you... Hello, Marvelites, and welcome to episode number 211 of This Week in Marvel, the official Marvel podcast of all things comics, movies, games, TV, toys, clothing, sound equipment, everything. Uh, my name is Ben Morse. I'm the senior editor of Marvel.com, and I am flying mostly solo this week. I do have intern Tucker trying Hello. to figure... Sorry. That's giving you an intro, man. Sorry, sir. Intern Tucker trying to figure out the volume level. Just say, <laughs> you can say hello now. Hello now. So Tucker's here with me. Ryan is at a editorial retreat, and uh, rather than try to loop in a guest host, because you guys would hate that, I've decided to try to do this entire podcast by myself, uh, ish, with Tucker. I it's let's be honest, it's mostly by it's myself. mostly by myself. <laughs> but if I need to breathe for a second or two here, um, so I've got eighteen new comics to cover. I've got all the collections and whatnot to tell you guys on sale. I've got some news. Then we'll be going to the West Coast, and then we're going to forego questions and comments this week because we want to wait until Ryan's back so he can get in on that. So while I gather myself, uh, Tucker, tell everyone about your week and how it's going so far. Uh, It's going really great. I uh, have Mondays off, and uh, uh, it's Tuesday now, and uh, so I've been in the office for about an hour and a half, two hours, um, uh, working on another podcast at the moment, and it's just going awesome. Riveting stuff, Tucker. <laughs> really uh, good. Thank you for giving the people a little look into the life of a Marvel.com. I, I gave the people what they wanted. You let's gave be the people exactly what they wanted. Uh, let's give them more of what they wanted. Let's talk about what came out this week in comics. Like I said, 18 big releases, beginning with all new Hawkeye number one, written by Jeff Lemire, art by Ramon Perez. We open in the future where something has happened to create a rift between Kate Bishop and Clint Barton. But Kate Bishop comes back to Clint Barton needing help with some sort of mission. We flash between there and the present where we find out what caused the rift in the first place. I love how Ramon Perez renders the future to make it look completely different than the present. I love how he makes things a little scratchier, a little grayer, a little hints dropped as to what has happened to some of the characters we're familiar with. Uh, It's a very cool, very intriguing tale, and he's really got a nice rapport down between Kate and Clint. You can really feel kind of... The disappointment Kate has in Clint, the disappointment Clint has in himself, um, and yet he's still, you know, he's still Hawkeye. So, cool stuff there. More all-new, all-different this week with all-new Wolverine number one, written by Tom Taylor, art by David Lopez and David Navarrote. This one was cool. I was really excited about this Mm -hmm. one, um, to see what they do with X-23, who we know as being just a relentless killer. Um, You know, she's softened a little bit over the years. Uh, gotten a little bit more of a personality. Romance with Angel, which figures into this book. But what I like is that Tom Taylor writes this character in a new way. She's been given a new lease on life. Uh, It's come at a horrible cost, that being the death of Wolverine, but she now has a chance to become her own person. So she is in... um, this This is usually I would be reading... I would be reading it while Ryan is talking. Yeah. Instead, <laughs> let me just flip here. She's in Paris. She's trying to stop a group of mysterious assassins. Meanwhile, we're also 
seen some of her last conversations with Wolverine. We've got Angel kind of sh serving as her air support, which is really cool. Um, but the Laura we see here is one who, the best way to put this is, she's trying to act more like a normal person and more like a hero, but you can tell she's trying. Right. You can tell it doesn't come naturally. And yeah. I dig that. Yeah, um, that's cool. I dig that we're going to get to see her journey to becoming Wolverine and also trying to become a different kind of Wolverine because Wolverine was also always known as a killer and that's the last thing Laura wants to be. She spent her whole life doing that. Mm -hmm. So very cool stuff there and beautiful art as always by David Lopez as well as David Navarro. Mm. All new, all different Avengers, number one, written by Mark Wade, art by Adam Hubert in the lead story. The backup is done by Mahmoud Azrar. Beautiful, beautiful stuff. Uh, we're getting the very ground floor of what it's like when there's a world with no Avengers and how heroes rise up to fill that void. The main story mostly stars Iron Man and Captain America, that being Sam Wilson, with a little peek at what's going on with Miss Marvel and Nova, and Miles Morales showing up a bit of a ways into the story, but we're finding out how there are no Avengers, uh, Tony Stark is strapped for cash, <laughs> we get a neat bit with Captain America saving some folks on a bridge, and then uh, two Girl Scouts want him to buy their Girl Scout cookies. Well, yeah. And people are like, oh my god, which Girl Scout is he going to choose? Problem being, he doesn't have any cash on him. <laughs> he sees Tony Stark in the crowd, and he basically mouths to him like, lend me $5, and Tony Stark pulls out his wallet, which is empty. Yeah. And then, uh, I'm not going to spoil how Cap ends up getting out of the solution, but that's the type of thing we're going to see in this Avengers book, where They've got to deal with both the mundane problems of how do I stiff these Girl Scouts um, <laughs> on cash, but also there's an alien figure from the pages of Nova who shows up and causes major, major havoc. So we get character development, we get action, we get everything. It's beautifully drawn by Adam Kubert. In the back half of the book, we get the first ever meeting between Miss Marvel and Nova, and it is wow. perfect. It's, awesome. it's, it's the perfect teen hero kind of meet cute yeah, yeah. where um, they're both you know they're we, we get to go inside their heads but also outside they're so they're trying to foil a crime but at the same time well not even a crime it's it's that there's some runaway microverse creatures that hmm. Nova is trying to stop um, they don't necessarily see eye to eye on stuff but getting to hear their inner monologues of how they really feel about one another is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so Mark Wade does a great job, again, of balancing the action and the character, everything you would expect from Mark Wade. Of course. Of course. Of course. Captain America White, number four, written by Jeff Loeb, art by Tim Sale. No surprise, this one continues to be a blockbuster. In this issue, the Red Skull has reared his ugly skull. <laughs> his ugly red skull. Uh, so Cap, Bucky, the Howling Commandos, and their new allies in France, they have got to figure out how to, once again, save Paris. That's a that's a common theme in this week's books, Tuckers. Mm, okay, um, I'll note that. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of Paris going on. Um, but Captain America, a little out of his element. Bucky, feeling like he's let Cap down, um, trying to reestablish their relationship, while at the same time trying to win a war. As always with these color books, it's a lot about the central relationship, but also the action propelling it forward, the sacrifices that are being made. A lot of how could I have done this differently in mm. the narrative from Cap here. So, and Tim Sale just killing it. Of I course. mean, the, the splash pages, stuff with Cap's shield, little things, little talking scenes, all looks incredibly beautiful. 
Speaking of incredibly beautiful, Mike Perkins draws Carnage number one, written by Spider-Man legend Jerry Conway. Uh, if you guys enjoyed our Twim URC last week of Tomb of Dracula, this is going to sound a little odd, but you will really like Carnage. Hmm. Because much like Tomb of Dracula, it is a book about this monster protagonist and the team that goes after him. The team includes John Jameson, mm. a.k.a. Manwolf, Eddie Brock, formerly a.k.a. Venom, now a.k.a. Toxin, uh, an FBI agent, and a childhood acquaintance of Carnage who are have decided, you know, it's time once and for all to take this guy down. They have a plan. It goes awry. Carnage is terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> the art is pitch perfect. It's uh, Mike Perkins, like I said. Also, Andy Troy on colors is phenomenal. If you remember the work that Mike did on The Stand, you understand why he can do a great, basically what's a horror comic, yeah. because it's all dark, it's all in shadows, and it's really creepy. Um, and I'm interested to see how they extend the series, because as we talked about last week, it's not always easy when you have a villain as the main character, and you have these heroes who kind of have to fail to take him down otherwise you have no series so mm -hmm. i'm interested to see where they go with this story but by the end of this issue there is definitely a clear path hmm. chewbacca number three written by jerry duggan art by phil noto fun issue at chewbacca with chewbacca's uh teen or preteen sidekick zaro uh and him trying to get her dad and all the other poor enslaved people out of this mine with these little glow beetles who suddenly turn into poisonous glow beetles who don't glow as much <laughs> Chewbacca's got a plan to get out of the mine uh, you get a lot of great pages of just Chewbacca growling and trying to force his way out of this mine yeah. you will dig this one Tucker yeah, yeah. this one was designed for you um, there's a lot of humor in this book which of course Jerry Duggan is well known for um, but there's also just a lot of kind of inspirational stuff I love this character of Zaro. Uh, the way she will tell her dad kind of like, yeah, yeah, don't worry, dad, everything's under control, everything's under control, and then completely disobey what he asked her to do. Yeah. But she's also clearly the hero. She's a fun character. It's a perfect foil for Chewbacca, who doesn't say anything, because she says a ton. Yeah. So it all works out. <laughs> Sticking with Star Wars, we got Darth Vader number 12, written by Kieran Gillen, art by Salvador La Roca. Darth Vader has to find a way to get Thanos, his little assistant buddy, uh, not to find out that he was the one who bankrolled the theft of all that information from the Empire. Mm -hmm. So he diverts him by saying, hey, you know what? We have an opportunity to go take out this this rebellion headquarters. So he goes and we get to see... Oh, man, there's one double page spread in here that I'm going to show you, Tucker. Yeah. Uh, it's my favorites. It's basically... Oh, that is sick. Right? Yeah. So it's Darth Vader against a bunch of rebellion ships. Um, with just his lightsaber yeah. to fight. And it's awesome. Uh, it's a great fight issue. Some cool kind of palace intrigue stuff with them trying to jimmy their way around the different uh, Empire people who are trying to pin them down and say, you know, why didn't you catch this mm -hmm. thief? It's, it, it's kind of cool. It's very cerebral. Mm -hmm. And then it all leads into the Vader down crossover between Darth Vader and Star Wars, which is coming oh, yeah. either later this month, next month. Hold mm -hmm. on, let's see. It should say right here. On eleven eighteen, November eighteenth. So next week. Yeah. Vader down begins. I'm excited. 
Are you? Yeah. I can see it. <laughs> I can see it in your eyes. I'm so excited. <laughs> All right. No, stay, staying outside the Marvel Universe for a bit, <clears throat> we're going to talk about Figment 2, number three, written by Jim Zub, art by Ramon Box. In this issue, Figment is on the run, on the lamp, on the dragon, <laughs> uh, trying to save Dreamfinder, who unfortunately has become Doubtfinder been taken over by his own self-doubt so what figment does is seeks out another dreamer a new someone else where there's imagination he tracks the spark of imagination he finds this uh girl capricious who we've been kind of following in the background of the first two issues we find out how she's linked to Dreamfinder. we find out how she can help out figment and they go on a quest to try to save Dreamfinder from himself and we also get a new character Ooh. it's a pretty cool design nice Illuminati number one, written by Joshua Williamson, art by Sean Crystal. Uh, this one was cool. This one follows Titania, who is trying to... She's just gotten out of jail, and she's trying to go legit. She's basically... She's married to Absorbing Man, who's still in jail, and he's like, hey, you know, just, just wait till I get out of here. We're going to go with one more big score. Yeah. <laughs> I wish my attempt to do a voice while Ryan was out, because he usually <laughs> does the voices. Um, but... <laughs> She gets out. She tries to go on the straight and narrow. She has a confrontation with She-Hulk, her arch enemy, who is basically, I mean, it's cool because this book, Illuminati, is where the villains are the stars, specifically Titania, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. longtime villain who we read about in Secret Wars not long ago. Uh, she is the star of this issue. So we see things from her point of view, and her point of view is that she's done a lot of bad stuff, but she wants to try to put that in the past. She has someone she loves. She has you know, a life she wants to live. Mm -hmm. And She-Hulk, who, if we were reading this from She-Hulk's point of view, we'd just see Titania walking down the street and be like, oh, get her. It's Titania. She's yeah. the worst. Yeah. But since we're seeing it from Titania's point of view, we just say, see She-Hulk sauntering in and being like, what? You get Leopard can't change their spots. Like, there's no way. And then eventually, like, she pities her and she's like, oh, do you want me to try to get you a job? And <laughs> Titania just, it's like, no, you know what? I'm going to do this on my own. Screw you. Uh, Things don't go well for her, yeah. and she ends up getting taken in by the Hood. The Hood basically is taking another go at putting together his own supervillain group. He's done this a couple times, but his motivation this time is not, you know, we're going to get the Infinity Gauntlet or not, even we're going to take over the world. His view is the bad guys have to win once in a while, and the best way for us to do that is for us to work together, not just as a Masters of Evil or something like that, but as a cohesive unit hmm. but he goes beyond that and he, this is his pitch to titania he goes you are out of jail for 10 minutes and you got involved in a fight mm -hmm. he's like that's gonna keep happening to you if you want to go straight let's work together as a team let's let's do the best thing we can he's got enchantress with him he's got thunderball with him he's got mad thinker with him he's recruiting more people and uh then there's a twist at the end where you find out Everything that happened in this issue was not necessarily as cut and dry as it seemed. Hmm. The art by Sean Crystal is awesome because he has this way of exaggerating characters, exaggerating their features, and for a villain book, it's perfect. Hmm. Because, as you know, villains are often defined by you know their nose or their chin or their build or something like that. So hmm. Sean Crystal does a great job. Big ups to Josh Williamson for coming up with an intriguing com uh, intriguing concept. Another book about villains, mm -hmm. so we'll have to see how that goes, but very, very interested to see where Illuminati goes. 
Wrapping up Infinity Gauntlet, we've got Dustin Weaver on writing and art with a little help from Jerry Duggan on the plot. We've got this family of Novas that have been trying to get all the Infinity Gems together. They are almost there when Thanos pulls the rug out from other room. So now Thanos has all but one Infinity Gem. It is up to the oldest daughter of the family to take up her mother's mantle and with the help of another version of Peter Quill, Gamora, and Groot, thwart Thanos, save her family, save her dog, her dog saves her in a way, and also get her mom back. So it's a great cosmic story with a down-to-earth tie as far as the family and all that. Um, lots of fun, really heartfelt. Infinity Gauntlet's going to read great as a full collection at some point. Mm -hmm. Speaking of cosmic, it doesn't Ooh. get much more cosmic than Secret Wars, number seven, yeah. uh, written by Jonathan Hickman, art by Asad Rabik. So we start this issue out with somebody called the Prophet, this figure who's basically risen up and said, um, Doom, you're not a god, and trying to raise the armies of Battleworld to go against Doom. We find out on page two who the Prophet actually is, and it's a great reveal. Um, mm -hmm. But Asad Rabik gets to draw pages and pages of armies fighting because what you've got is sinister has an army the goblin queen has an army apocalypse has an army the maestro has an army these are all doom's generals some of them are with doom some of them are not with doom that's awesome which means we get just waves and waves of whether it's alternate captain marvels or sinister clones or apocalypse's horsemen they're all fighting each other and then you throw the thors into the mix but as we'll find more about later, there's a little civil war between the Thors mm. because some of them are still on Doom's side, but others have come to believe our Thor, Jane Foster, that Doom is not what he says. So I'm, I'm simplifying it a lot, but yeah. this is really, this is the big action issue. Yeah. This is Thors fighting Thors. This is armies fighting armies. This is our heroes trying to use all the chaos to get a foothold. It's Reed Richards of two universes coming up with their plans. Oh, <laughs> did I mention a, a whole horde of hulks gets dropped into the battle at one point? It's basically the biggest Marvel book you could imagine. When, just when I say things like there's multiple hulks, yeah. there's multiple sinisters, yeah. there's multiple Reed Richards. And then uh, the last bit of the book is our heroes need an army. Black Panther needs an army. Uh, him and Namor go to the shield, which is the only thing keeping the zombies from the rest of Battleworld, and they break the shield. Wow. And that is where they're going to get their army. Um, if you listen to what I just said, you probably put two and two together and figured out who their army is going to be. That's going to be pretty cool for next issue. That's awesome. Continuing on with Spider-Gwen number two, written by Jason Latour, art by Robbie Rodriguez and Rico Renzi. The band is back together. Love this issue. Love the Captain America who we learn, uh, who we meet in Spider-Gwen's home world. Very different kind of Captain America. Very different origin. We get her full origin in this issue. Um, it's we get it. We get it teased out throughout the story where Spider-Gwen is teaming up with Captain America to fight an army of lizards. We have Captain Stacy vowing to Ben Parker that he's going to find the person who is responsible for his nephew's death. Mm -hmm. We have a lot of great quips with Spider-Gwen. Jason Latour is legitimately just funny. The stuff yeah. he writes for Spider-Gwen is legitimately funny. It made me laugh. 
and Robbie and Rico really step it up here as well with all the different kinds of lizards with Captain America again I, I can't it's hard to put my finger on why I love this new Captain America so much but she's a great character um, just lots of fun stuff continuing if you've liked Spider-Gwen so far I, I feel like this issue is just a step even further in the right direction mm -hmm. staying in the Spider-Verse we got Spider-Man 2099 number 3 written by Peter David art by Will Sliney this is Spider-Man Miguel O'Hara tracking down Dr. Kronos who played a role in the attack on the restaurant where he and Tempest were eating back in issue number one and basically just getting his horrible vengeance and trying to pull himself back a few times uh, trying to control himself and hmm. not necessarily succeeding uh, hmm. meanwhile Peter Parker is very concerned about Miguel uh, a lot of people are very concerned about Miguel and there's a twist at the end of this issue that was very welcome for me personally I know speaking for Ryan as well we we're both probably gonna be pretty happy with the way this issue ended mm, nice all right, let's go back to Battle World. We've been yes, we're just going all over the place, man. It's like a multi-dimensional adventure. Um, another wrap up. You guys may remember a few weeks ago where we said where monsters dwell was the last uh, Secret Wars tie-in. We were very wrong. There are like a <laughs> bunch of Secret Wars tie-ins that are still going on and that I am reading right now. That includes Squadron Sinister number four, written by Mark Guggenheim, art by Carlos Pacheco, who is in his glory here. Um, Keeping with another theme this week, it's a big fight. This time it's between Hyperion and Nighthawk. This whole series, Nighthawk has been plotting behind Hyperion's back. He's been using every other member of the squadron as a pawn. Um, if you enjoy other companies that produce comics, this <laughs> is basically the best fight between two iconic characters from another company that you will see <laughs> this year I dare say it's pretty awesome it's Nighthawk using his smarts against Hyperion's brute force and cruelty although they're both pretty cruel and getting to see Carlos Pacheco draw it is an absolute dream uh, even if Nighthawk manages to beat Hyperion there are consequences awaiting everything he's done. That's what's really interesting here is that seems like the smartest guy in the room, but if you've been following the book, you know he's made a lot of enemies in the wrong places and made a lot of really risky moves. Those all come back to roost here, and this, in a way, leads into the new Squadron Supreme series that's going to be coming soon. Mm, awesome. Thor's number four by Jason Aaron and Chris Sprouse, another big conclusion. We now know who has been killing Jane Foster's across Battleworld. In this issue, we learn why. And it is heartbreaking. Mm. Um, but it leads directly into what I was talking about, the Thor Civil War that's going on in Secret Wars as the Jane Foster of our world makes her debut here. But really what's going on is we have Ultimate Thor and the Unworthy, or as we would call him, the Odin Son, teaming up against Rune Thor and the Destroyer. And there's a rift within the Thors. There's a good big battle it's really it's, it's kind of heartbreaking like I said the stuff of the motivation for why all this was done but Ultimate Thor and um, Unworthy make an amazing buddy cop team <laughs> because you've basically got Ultimate Thor who's this young hotshot kid who's you know been the best at everything this is really the first time he's experienced this kind of adversity mm -hmm. and then you have the Unworthy who is every bit like the grizzled Sam Elliott character yeah. who's just or even Danny <laughs> Glover in Lethal Weapon who's just like I'm getting too old for this like yeah. no more like even he sees a hammer on the Thor at one point or 
on the Thor. He sees a <laughs> hammer on the floor at one point, and he's about to go pick it up, and he just goes, maybe next time. <laughs> it's just, it's awesome. Yeah. Uh, this was, this was billed as kind of a cop book starring Thors, and it lived up to its promise here. Very cool stuff. Launching back into the all-new, all-different Marvel Universe, we've got Ultimates number 1, written by Al Ewing. Gorgeous art by Kenneth Rockefort, um, making his, not Marvel debut, but Marvel return and first real high-profile assignment. Uh, the Ultimates are a new team, and really we get introduced to them here. We get introduced to them by the fact that they've decided to form a group that's going to tackle bigger problems before they become too big. They know somewhat about Secret Wars. They don't want something like that to happen again. So you've got Blue Marvel and Captain Marvel flying off into space to deal with um, something. Mm -hmm. A big hint <laughs> is the giant guy hovering on the cover here. <laughs> um, you've got Black Panther on Earth explaining what the Ultimates are to a delegation from the UN. And then you've also got um, Spectrum, Monica Rambo, and America Chavez out teaming up and doing some of the song missions. So it's cool. Al Ewing is very smart here because it's 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 basically an exposition issue of here's what the Ultimates are, here's what they do, but in different parts. You've got Black Panther explaining it. You've got Blue Marvel and Captain Marvel actually going off and doing it. And you've also got a bit with Spectrum and uh, America Chavez game to show kind of how the team works so you get the best of everything and it's all wonderfully drawn and this really is kind of a prelude issue because you think it's all building up to this big fight that's going to happen at the end and then you find out the fight is not necessarily a fight so really issue number two is going to be where the team really comes together and shows what they've got hmm. over in uncanny avengers number two written by jerry duggan art by ryan stegman our team is in action in my hometown of Boston, trying to fight these creepy plant zombie creatures. Not the same plant zombie creatures from Howling Commandos of S.H.I.E.L.D. number one. <laughs> but as they are doing their thing, we are getting more of a sense of what's going on with this team. What's up with Rogue? She has a lot of issues of the fact that no one will listen to her. She is clashing with Synapse, who is the inhuman on the team. She's also clashing with Human Torch for reasons we don't quite understand yet, but I think we're getting familiar. Deadpool, strangely enough, seems to be the guy who's just kind of off, you know, while everyone else is squabbling. Deadpool and Quicksilver, of all people, are the ones kind of saving the day. Wow. Uh, and then <laughs> the best thing is, going into the last few pages, a different character shows up. And where he shows up is years in the future, where this whole fight is a thing of the long-distant past, and this character is investigating it and determining what went wrong. So it's like we're, we're in the midst of the battle and then suddenly, boop, okay, the battle went poorly. Uh -huh. The Avengers lost. How are they going to get out of this? Well, hopefully this guy's going to travel back oh, to where yeah. they are. Awesome. And he is going to help them out. And uh, we'll have more about that on Marvel.com this week if we don't already. Finally. Finally. Wrapping it up with Web Warriors number one, written by Mike Costa, Art by David Baldion with some cool backup features as well, featuring Lady Spider, um, a nice little pinup by David Baldion, the Lady Spider story. Who is that drawn by? I want to make sure they get credit for it. 
and I'm going to have to find the credits page as I continue to talk. Oh, Dennis Midri, nice job on art. So that's cool. <laughs> but what we've got in the main story is the Web Warriors coming together. It is Spider-Girl, Gwen Stacy, Spider-Woman, Spider-Man Noir, Spider-UK, Spider-Man India, Spider-Ham, and the amazing Spider-Woman, Mayday Parker. They are in the world of the old 19... 60s or 70s Spider-Man cartoon. Mm. I think it's 60s. Um, it's great. It's very clever by Mike Casa, where he essentially the villains just go down so easily. Uh, they punch them once, and the villains fall down. They're just like, <laughs> "What is going on here?" Or if someone shoots a web, it just magically becomes like the perfect thing to yeah. take these villains in. So that's yeah. great. That goes well. Then Spider Woman Mayday takes Spider-Woman Gwen out to lunch. As we see some of the infrastructure of how this all works, we see how Spider-UK has become somewhat haunted. We see how Spider-Man Noir is a little doubtful of the whole enterprise. But Gwen and Mayday are out for lunch when an Electro attacks them. Mm. But then another Electro attacks them. Then another Electro, and we find out that these guys are not the only ones using this web of life. So that's setting up a big war between the Web Warriors, all the Spider-Men, girls, women, and hams taking on all the electros and that is 18 marvel comics that came out this week ben morris ladies and gentlemen how about that oh boy all right <laughs> let me speak a little to some uh twin of the weeks so i get to do more than one because ryan's not here uh illuminati really yeah. fun yeah. i think that's probably the book i spoke about the most and that's because i just find it hella intriguing mm-hmm. and i think the art is great and i think it's a different take on what's going on I'm also going to throw some love to all new, all different Avengers because I think Mark Wade is a genius. Um, what were you excited about, Tucker? What, what, what got your gears going? I, uh, thinking through it as you mm-hmm. were speaking incredibly, somehow you did it for that long. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to drink some water while you talk. <laughs> um, uh, Illuminati seems so sick. It seems really awesome. I remember when I was writing, uh, doing the write-up on it recently, yes. uh, checking out the art and everything. Yeah. It just looks so sick. Um, also, gotta gotta shout out Captain America White. Yep. I mean, the legendary duo mm-hmm. um, there. Uh, and this is, we're not even getting to Secret Wars. Yeah. Which was Secret Wars came yeah. out this week. Yeah. So yeah. there's a lot. Uh, it was a terrible week for Ryan to miss. Um, <laughs> he will regret it always, but we are thankful that you guys shared this time with us. Mm-hmm. Also available this week, in case that wasn't enough, collections, we've got A-Force Presents Volume 2, Age of Ultron versus Marvel Zombies, Marvel Masterworks Spider-Woman, Volume 1, out in hardcover, Marvel Universe All-New Avengers Assemble, Volume 3, that is a digest, Spider-Island War Zones, Star Wars Episode 6, The Return of the Jedi, is in hardcover, that's of course adaptation of uh, some movie, <laughs> Thanos Cosmic Powers, and finally Uncanny X-Men Volume 5, The Omega Mutant. Digital this week, everything we mentioned, plus Ultimate Spider-Man Infinite comic number 23, On the app this week, are you ready for some Star Wars, Tucker? Oh, I'm ready. I know you are. (laughs) Because we've got classic Star Wars Devil Worlds, uh, issues one and two, classic Star Wars Han Solo at Star's End, one through three, classic Star Wars The Early Adventures, one through nine, Cosmic Powers, one through six, which is the Thanos story I just referred to, Marvel 2 and 1, 29 through 33, Secret Defenders, 12 through 14, Spider-Woman, the original 1978 series, one through eight. Star Wars, Blood Ties, Boba Fett is Dead, 1 through 4. Star Wars, Boba Fett, 0.5. Star Wars, Boba Fett, Agent of Doom, number 1. Star Wars, Boba Fett, Bounty on Barcuda, number 1. 
Star Wars Boba Fett, <laughs> Enemy of the Empire 1 through 4. Star Wars Boba Fett, Murder Most Foul, number 1. Star Wars Boba Fett, Overkill, number 1. Star Wars Boba Fett, Twin Engines of Destruction. Star Wars Boba Fett, When the Fat Lady Sings. Star Wars Jango Fett, number 1. Star Wars Jango Fett, Open Seasons, 1 through 4. Star Wars Tale of the, Tales of the Jedi, 1 through 5. Tales of the Jedi, Dark Lords of the Sith. 1 through 6, Tales of the Jedi Redemption, 1 through 5, Tales of the Jedi The Fall of the Sith Empire, 1 through 5, Tales of the Jedi The Freedom and Ad Uprising, 1 and 2, Tales of the Jedi The Golden Age of the Sith, 0 through 5, and Tales of the Jedi The Sith War, 1 through 6, plus What If, number 14 through 21. So that's a lot of Boba Fett. That is. Are you a Boba Fett guy? How can you not be? I mean, I could... I don't know. I mean... How can you not be? I, we could go into another 45 minutes about why I love Boba Fett so much and why so many people in the Star Wars fandom love him so much and why he's kind of this very interesting, unique, revered character in terms of how Darth Vader treats him Mm -hmm. differently than everyone else, kind of how he has this reputation that's hinted at in Mm -hmm. in a very cool way. So yeah, he's the ultimate badass. There you go. There's a personal sales pitch from uh, Intern Tucker. <laughs> Collections on the app this week. A-Force Presents Volume 2, Age of Ultron vs. Marvel Zombies, Captain America by Dan Jurgens Volume 3, Hulk Visionaries, Peter David Volume 1, Iron Man, Haunted, Marvel Universe, All New Avengers Assemble Volume 3, Spider-Man, or Spider-Island War Zones, Spider-Woman Masterworks Volume 1, Star Wars Episode 6, Return of the Jedi, Thanos Cosmic Powers, Thor, Death of Odin, Ultimatum, Requiem, Venom, the land where the killers dwell. And as far as what's on Marvel Unlimited, lots of good stuff. I forgot to write it, and you guys can forgive me because, again, I am doing a crazy <laughs> amount of talking here. All right, let's go to the news. And now, from Marvel headquarters, it's This Week in Marvel News. News for you guys this week. Uh, Drax was out last week, but our buddy David Shoemaker, who you may know from the Cheap Heat podcast, uh, formerly of Grantland.com, now doing a little work for us. Uh, we'll see what happens in the future there. But he interviewed CM Punk and Colin Bunn about Drax. Great interview. Uh, David's a guy who knows his comics, knows his wrestling. So you know he got the best out of both of those guys. We've got sketchbooks aplenty still coming. Mahmoud Azrar opened up his all-new, all-different Avengers sketchbook, showing preview art from issue number four, talking about how the team comes together. And then Mike Perkins, who I talked about earlier this week on Carnage, uh, showed not only pages from Carnage number one, but also some character studies he did as each of the main characters. That is not to be missed. Um, Lots of Deadpool news coming out this week. I'm not sure when this episode is going to drop in correspondence to when the Deadpool news hits, but if you guys haven't heard it yet, there is at least two big Deadpool stories you're going to be very excited about. Over in the world of games, we launched, uh, or rather announced a new game called Avengers Academy. It's not launched yet. It's going to be launching early in 2016. Tucker, you got to see a little bit about this. You're in your head like crazy. Yeah, it looks awesome. It's going to be reimagined versions of the Avengers of the Avengers and some other Marvel heroes basically going to school, and you get to build the ultimate school. There will be a lot more about this uh, in this week's Your Man at Marvel Games that I did with Bill Roseman. And speaking of regular ongoing games columns, we've got a new one called Marvel Games Presents. It started last week with The Vision. It's going to take a focus on different characters and show them kind of across different Marvel games. So for The Vision, for instance, you get to see him as he appears in Marvel Contest Champions, Marvel Puzzle Quest, Marvel Avengers Alliance, Marvel Heroes 2015, and all the people from those games talking about what makes The Vision a cool character. And we'll be doing lots Mm -hmm. of those as we go forward. Nice. 
All right, that is almost it from the East Coast this week. We're going to go out west with Stromy and the Wolfman. It's the West Coast, 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 baby. Yeah. Hello there. This week in Marvelites, this is Marvel.com editor Mark Strom. Here, sans Wolfman, which means you get an episode of Strummin' with Stromy, which is my clever catchphrase, not title thing for this. I don't know. Anyway, ah, we'll just blow through this quick because nobody wants to listen to me just banter with myself. This week, what we have? We had the second trailer for Marvel's Jessica Jones, which is getting very, very close, just a week away from when you guys are listening to this. Got some new looks at all of the cast in both the trailer and in 31 new images we posted. I think it's 31, somewhere around there. Let's just say more than two dozen. You can check all those out on marvel.com, elsewhere in the world of TV. New episode of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. this week, and another one coming up this Tuesday at 9, 8 central on ABC. Uh, In the next episode, we... Well, a lot happens in this next episode, um, much of which I don't want to spoil. It's a big episode for Fitzsimmons. It is a big episode for Ward. Uh, It's a big episode for the series overall. Some really cool revelations uh, that I can't wait to talk more about. We have a couple of featurettes that should hopefully be going out this week, focusing on the process of uh, Lash's transformation, as well as a featurette talking with Blair Underwood about Dr. Andrew Garner and some of the stuff that he's been going through in recent episodes. And speaking of Andrew Garner, we also talked with Agent Melinda May, Ming-Na Wen, for This Week in Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. this week. We talked all about May's very emotional uh, episode this week, some big things for her, and looked back on all of that. Finally, we've got an all-new episode of Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy this Saturday at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, 8.30 p.m. Central. Uh, This episode, Patrick tells me that Steve Wacker has joined Ben Morris for part of this podcast, so he should be talking more about it, uh, I believe, hopefully. Hopefully Patrick didn't make me a liar. But this episode features Groot getting a Venom symbiote, so tune in to see what that's all about. Anyway, without Patrick here banter off of, this is very short. So I'm going to kick you back to the fine fellows in New York. Uh, thank you for listening as always. Uh, have a splendiferous weekend, a splendiferous-er week. We'll see you again in seven more days. And as always, I apologize for the Wolfman. And we're back to put a bow on this whole thing. Um, hope you guys enjoyed this somewhat abbreviated episode of This Week in Marvel. Next week, Ryan will be back. We'll do questions and comments. We'll do the whole nine yards as opposed to the five or so we ran today. Uh, and if you ever want to know a really thoughtful and wonderful answer about Tucker's favorite Star Wars character, just ask him because I got it off the air. That's right. It was, it was, it was kind of beautiful. It was, uh, I guess that's one way to put it. The other way to put it would just be totally yeah. Not but it was, I think it was interesting. Maybe maybe we'll have you expand uh, next time we do Star Wars. But Tucker, thank you for your help today. Thank you, Ben. 
Guys, thank you for listening. We will come back at you next week. Until then, this is Marvel, your universe. <laughs>